Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, notorious associate in the arts holding, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus Charette. Say what? What is up, Dr. Gordon? How are you today, sir? My goodness, Mike, it is going to be a two-minute name that you have very soon. (laughs) Very very soon, like I I dreamed a year ago, your name will be the whole podcast. Perfect. We we will get halfway through your name, and people will be like, you know what? Nope. Done. I'm not listening (laughs) to this anymore. I'm not. This is is horrible. Um, Mike, give it to me straight. Where are you at? Hmm. I'm at an 8.4 today, Doc J. Something's going on in my back. Like, is that right behind my neck? Something's, something's wrong. I don't know. Just got me oh. down. Just one point. That's not good, my though. My average. That, yeah. that, would, that would bring me down a lot. Yeah. I don't, I don't like things that constantly irritate me like that. Yeah, that's, it's annoying. That's one of those things. Because it's just constantly reminding me I'm not, I'm not whole. I'm not perfect. Yeah. And I'm just yeah, like, no, yeah, yeah. That's a fact. you asshole life uh, making me do this. Come on, yeah. you know? It's like a sunburn. A sunburn or a sinus infection. They're just mm. always there, just being like, yeah. hey, remember? Ew. Hey, remember, remember me? And you're just like, ah, ah. Yeah, it yes. gets to you, man. Sorry. I, get, yeah. I get to you. It's the same. Yeah. I've, you know, I've had some neck cricks before, you know, where all of a sudden you just do, so, and then uh, the rest of the day you're just turning around like, what? Yeah, the whole day. What? You're just in one. What's going on? You can only yeah. look one way. Or it's, I'm, I'm sorry okay. I brought you down point one, Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's not like a major thing. Like I can't. I'm not immobile. It's just if I think about it, I can. I can. I can feel it. Well, that's or why it was a point one. It, I can feel it. Yeah. That's why I wasn't like 17 out yeah, of 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know who is at a very, if not 10, very close at the hmm. start of this week. Do you know who it is? Who is that? Our biggest supporter and friend, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. I was gonna guess Tom, Tom Brady. Tom Brady, uh, Mike, I know you're not a huge football guy. You're not a huge NFL guy. But, Mike, yeah. did you see any of the highlights this past Monday? Uh, no, but I did see that the Bucks won by, like, one point, which is unusual in football, right? Wild. They were down 16-3 to with less than a quarter left to play, Mike. Literally, they scored two touchdowns in less than three minutes. That's right. Nice. Our Tom, boy's back led them to victory he scored it was it was i mean he was just looking like a the majestic tan field general he is yeah you know and i was what just divorce? like yeah exactly yeah exactly mike <laughs> what are you i talking think about i think people would agree he was looking far better than some two-bit jujitsu hack all yeah, right for sure Wham. ridiculous mike so yeah, hats off to our Hats off to our best friend. Uh, uh, you know, we're behind him 1,000%. He already knows oh, yeah. that. He He's behind us 1,000%. It's 
it's a it's a give give relationship, folks. It really is. It's it a really give is. give relationship. So, Mike, um, I, there's another person I wanted to talk about besides just uh, uh, besides Tom Brady, hmm. and uh, it's the dude that we talked about last week. You remember the dude that we talked about last week that fell off a cruise ship? Oh yeah, I remember that guy. He's back. Sweet. He's back. He's back. He's yes. back because he did a he did a tell all interview with Good Morning America. <sighs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. God yeah. Falling off ship. Exactly. We he, so that. for the for the listeners that are just tuning in, this is your first week of listening to Doc G Show. Let me tune you guys in. Mm-hmm. Uh, he fell off a cruise ship. Word. There was a dude last week hanging out on a cruise ship with his family. He told his sister, I'm going to the bathroom, and somewhere in the process of going to the bathroom, fell off the ship. Then, he tread water for almost 24 hours before he was rescued. Jeez. So that's this dude. And, uh, Mike, I have great new details of the story because of his uh, his interview. I can't wait to hear it. Well, first off, I'm so his, his name is James Michael Grimes. Nice. I like that James name. James Michael a Grimes. Off a ship. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes from Alabama. So Perfect. say what you will about Florida Man. Florida Man knows his way around a cruise ship. Yeah, he's he not falling off of a cruise ship. He's been he's been on that rodeo many a times before. Alabama man, a little bit more understandable. Mm-hmm. So James Michael uh, did an interview with Good Morning America and gave some very interesting details. First of all, why was he at the bar to start this night? He was at the bar because he had just won an air guitar competition. That's right. (laughs) Nice. Yes. (laughs) So apparently James Michael and his sister... uh, James Michael's sister encourages him to do an air guitar competition. He wins. One of the perks of winning was a free drink. So he's getting some drinks and maybe, who knows, maybe a couple extra at the bar. You know? He just won. Yeah, for sure. Now, this is where it really is interesting to me, Mike, because he says he wasn't inebriated. And he specifically says that in the interview. I was not inebriated, but when he went to the bathroom, he casually just says he lost consciousness, and next thing he knows, he regains consciousness in the water, and the boat is nowhere in sight. Wait, what? Wow, that is wild. How does that... Yeah. So he didn't, like, you don't, I guess you... How does that happen? Yeah, right. Not drown. I don't know. What do you wake up and? He said he has no recollection of the incident of what happened in that time, Mike. Hmm. Why? Now, Mike, I'm not here to judge his sobriety. I'm not that person that's like, oh no, he was wasted. I don't care. He's on a cruise. In fact, I'd expect him to be drunk a hundred percent of the time on the cruise. Yes, that's a fact. I'm more. I'm more sort of flabbergasted by the fact that he seemed not concerned at all that he had no recollection of how he flipped off the cruise ship. Nope. Like, he's given this interview, and he's like, yeah, so next I woke up in the water, 
And that's where I remember being. And I'm like, you wouldn't be a little bit concerned if you just have black spots in your life that you're like, I don't uh, know what happened there Hmm. at all. Like, I don't know about you, Mike, but I can't think of any of those in my recent past, you know? I mean, I've had I, some blackouts. So I true. I see where, you know, things could be fuzzy. But I don't know. Falling off of a, a ship, I would, I would, I feel like I would snap out of a blackout about well, mad, and midway the, down. <laughs> the blackouts you've had, I think we remember there were other uh, variables involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's saying he wasn't inebriated, you know? Yeah. So I don't know about that. Like, but- I don't know. I mean, I if that were me, I'd be a little concerned that like next thing you know, I'm like walking through the zoo and then I wake up being eaten by a tiger and I'm like, oh <laughs> crap, what happened? Why? Oh no, I I I, I quantum leaped again. No, yeah. geez, you got to watch out for sure. So, anyways, sure. Grimes Grimes wakes up. He's in the ocean, floating. He says he's real. He realizes I've just got to keep treading. Until somebody finds me, which is a good realization. And uh, he says when he started doing this, not too long after he started treading, he saw a sea creature with a fin coming towards him. Hmm. Just a direct line towards him, Mike. Frightening. He thought it was a shark, right? Of course, yeah. But realized it wasn't. It had too flat of a mouth. And whatever it was bumped his leg, and he said he kicked it. Kicked the shark. Now, Mike, I'm going to jump in and say if this wasn't a Mike, uh, it wasn't a Mike, <laughs> if this wasn't if this wasn't a shark, he missed the complete perfect opportunity to be Mike Charette. He could have mm. hopped on that thing, been free willy. And wrote right it, there. yes. Exactly. Yes. Right? He missed a perfect opportunity to get out of this situation and be a champion at life. Mm-hmm. His... His relatives are all worried. All of a sudden, they look out to the side of the boat, and here he comes, just <laughs> flipping up and down the water on the back of a majestic sea creature, you know? Mm-hmm. But he lost it. He missed it. He lost it. He missed that opportunity. Regardless, he was not attacked, Mike. He uh, he survived whatever attack or checking out this animal did. Now, after that, he then said, quote, a stick came floating by. Looked like bamboo, so I started eating on it. Mm. And it actually, I won't say it tasted good, but it gave some flavor in my mouth other than salt water. Mike, yes or no, you're in the water for 12 hours. You see a piece of bamboo, (laughs) are you eating it? Yes, I would. Yes. Okay. I'd be hungry. I'd be hungry. I, you know, I don't know how much I was, I was trying to put myself in this, uh, in this situation. I crapped my pants twice just thinking about it. Um, and I thought about it. I, I think my nerves would be too much for me to actually be hungry. You know, like, I think I'd just be too freaked out to even think that I'd just be like, don't let your head go underwater. Don't let it go underwater. You know, just sort of just in freak out mode. So I don't know. Plus, if I saw bamboo, I'd be like, it's effing bamboo. I'd have to wait like a day before I was like, all right, I'm eating this bamboo. It could have been sugarcane, though. I always think (laughs) sugarcane and bamboo kind of look similar. And a little piece of sugarcane would be nice. That'd be pretty tasty. Mid-ocean death. That'd be a nice (laughs) snack. That'd be a nice snack. 
Next time that next time that finned beast comes around, I'm just hitting him and taking a yeah, bite. Yeah, exactly. Ah! <laughs> Ew. Now, eventually, Mike, after 20 hours of floating in the water, the Coast Guard starts circling him, and he says they located him, and the dude in the helicopter was coming down to pick him up, and our, our man Grimes says, the first thing I actually told him was, I don't have any clothes on because I stripped out of everything. Wait, what? It's literally the first thing he tells the dude. Dude's coming <laughs> down to him, and he's like, hey, I, I don't hey, have any hey. clothes on. Bro, I, don't come have, on. <laughs> I don't have any clothes on. Like, and then of course the Coast Guard was nice. The Coast Guard just said, "That's fine." Me neither. Which what? <laughs> which I. <laughs> Wait, what? Why? No, oh, it's just the way I save people. That's You're gonna have to it. deal with it. Uh, which I like. They had to put that in the story, though. Like as if the Coast Guard, unlike your scenario, Mike, was gonna be like, "Wait, you don't have any clothes on?" That's disgusting. I'm not picking you up. Bring me back up. We're not <laughs> we're not taking this guy. Uh, like just regardless, Mike, I his story is so amazing in so many ways that really they is. highlighted it. Like so many I'm just blown away about this I don't remember. I went unconscious. That's the main thing. Right? Yeah, it's pretty scary. That's like, like he has a I concussion just, maybe. Yeah, Maybe what he happened? Hit, he hit his head on the way down or something. Like are there, secur- style. are there security cameras? Hmm. Can we go back? Are there security cameras on oh, the cruise ship? Love to. I I I'm going I'm going deep dive. I'm going deep dive. We're gonna find <laughs> out more about about Michael James Grimes. We're gonna yeah. find more about this. I gotta know. I gotta know. In the mean oh whoops, I'm sorry, I flipped his first and last name. James Michael Grimes. Not Michael James Grimes. Come on. Girl, come on. Hey, Doc G, so before uh so the also interesting story, there was a guy that survived the Titanic. He was the chef. He what? also was inebriated when the ship mm. went down. And he was one of the last people to jump off the boat as it sank. And uh, he survived by finding an overturned lifeboat, if I remember correctly. But he was also nice. drunk. And they think that it was like the, the alcohol. It like, helped him not him go. Yeah. yeah. Didn't, he didn't go into hypothermia because of the alcohol. Right. That's why I always get drunk before I go out on this, the seas. Mm, yeah. That's I just the, get wasted. I get wasted. And I'm like, just in case, guys. <laughs> Just in case. But regardless, Mike, now that we have gotten more info on, well, two of our favorite people. So true. Obviously, uh, James Michael Grimes mm-hmm. has got, he's not nearly at the Tom Brady level. No. But he's quick. He's quickly gaining. Yeah. And we know that James Michael Grimes, after something like that, you're at a 10. Yeah. You know what? For sure. And it's our it's our mission right now, Mike, to turn every listener's day up to a 10. Are you ready to do it? Let's turn it up to a 10, Doc G. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Woo! Woo! Mike, I am very excited because we have a very special guest. We have a regular guest. We have a former co-host of this show. We have none other than Mr. Claude Fly till I die, Lathan, on the show, Mike. And you know what that means. We're going to be talking what? NBA. NBA. NBA basketball. The the basketball world. We're going to be talking it all. And I've dedicated most of the show, gang, 
I'm talking almost all of the show. And so if you're like, hey, what about the regular segments? I'm sorry. We're not going to have most of the regular segments. Girl, so for those listeners, just listen to the first part of this show and we'll still get the listen on the podcast and it'll make me feel good and sure. I won't know any better. <laughs> and then you can come back next uh, show and listen to that. But for the listeners that love basketball, which I'm guessing is most of them, we've got chalk full of information about the West, Con- the Western Conference, the Eastern Conference, and Mike's going to have all kinds of important questions to answer. I'm mm-hmm. going to give him all kinds of the most important stuff to answer. But first, Mike, and in honor of our NBA, uh, what are we going to call it? Gala? NBA yeah. Gala? I think we can go with that. Uh, in honor of that, we've got a very special birthday suit. So we need to start where we start. The birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Amen. Amen. Uh, and Mike, like I said, it fits because this is an all-time great of the NBA. So nice. here we go. Born on December 7th, 1956 in West Baden, Indiana. I think I'm saying that name right. I know his town where he grew up, which would be French Lick, Indiana. There was one thing that this man loved from a young age, and that was to play basketball. So true. He ultimately went to Indiana State, where he was so good, he almost single-handedly took them to the championship against none other than Michigan State and Magic Johnson. That's right. He was drafted by the Boston Celtics six overall. He ended up playing his whole career with the Celtics. 13 seasons with three championships, two finals MVP awards, three MVP awards, 12 all-star appearances, 10 all-NBA seasons, three three-point contest championships. He's part of the 50th anniversary team. He's part of the 75th anniversary team. He's a member of the Dream Team. He is in the Basketball Hall of Fame, both as an individual member and as a member of the Dream Team. He is considered one of the greatest competitors of all time. That's a fact. He retired in 1992, but then he started coaching in 1997 with the Indiana Pacers. He coached for three seasons, and then he moved into the front office and was the president of basketball operations until 2017. Name that birthday suit wearer. Larry Bird. Larry Joseph Bird is correct. My goodness, Mike. What a baller. Yeah, what a baller, was. that guy. Yeah, he was. He was he was a, a straight hoss, man. There are some stories, real quick story that I love about Larry Bird. Back in the day, I don't know what season this was. I don't remember what time of this year it was, but they're playing the Clippers, right? Uh, Celtics versus the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Larry Bird gets fouled right before the end of the game. There's literally almost... I, I There is either almost no time on the clock or zero time on the clock, right? He gets fouled. They're down one point. So if he hits both uh, foul shots... They win the game, it's over. If he misses both foul shots, uh, they lose the game, it's over. If he hits one, they tie, right? So he gets to the foul line. He gets ready to shoot the shot. Fans are going pretty crazy, obviously. This is in uh, L.A. They're going pretty bananas. But he stops, looks around, 
and starts egging him on. He looks around. It's like, that's all you got? That's as much as you can give me? He actually starts signaling them to <laughs> increase increase their volume, scream more. He goes up to the line, just dead, no expression, shoots it, nails it, right? Stops again. They start screaming even louder. He stops again, tells them to bring it up, tells them to keep cheering louder, keeps egging them on, goes back to the line, drops that one. They win the game. Nice. Dude, talk about just like baller attitude, man. That is that is the biggest cojones right there that you can For have. Because sure. how stupid would you look if you miss both of those? Like you're just gonna like you got to know you're gonna make them. And yeah. he knew he was gonna make them. He man. knew it. It's crazy. I hope there's a clip of this, Doc G, because I'm definitely gonna try to find it. I'm it's crazy. going to try to find this clip. It's. I can't even remember where I heard that story. I know I did not make it up. I know that's a real story, but I it can't makes, remember where I yeah. heard it. Um, Mike, we are gonna take a break before we are back with none other than Claude. Fly till I die, Lathan, right here on the Doc G Show. Something playing in the background every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM Spinnaker. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are extremely excited for the folks that have been listening to the show for a long time. Our our, our next guest needs no introduction. Nope. Zero <laughs> introduction, but we're going to do it anyway. That's right. We're still going to introduce him, and we're going to introduce him as a friend of the show who has co-hosted this show multiple times. He's been a co-host. He's been an NBA analyst since day one of this show. You know him as Claude. Fly till I die, Lathan. Claude, how's it going? It's great, man, and and you nailed it on the head. I think Swiss Army Knife came to mind when you were just reading <laughs> off all of these accolades of mine. It's true. No, I uh, I'm always happy to be back on the show. Uh, it's going to be a great time today. I can't wait, man. We have been. It's been building up. I've been extremely excited about the NBA this year already. I mean, it was one of those, I just saw parody coming, Claude. I saw mm -hmm. parody from the outset of the <laughs> season, and I was like, I can't wait. So true. I can't, there's so many good teams. They're just, and they are, they're all, they're all, it's, it's still there. It's still in a quarter in the season. We still have it. So it's insane. It's insane right now. I think this is probably uh, the most even, that we've seen the league in a long, long time, like yeah. decades. Yeah, literally, literally since before the the magic, uh, magic bird days. I would say it's crazy. It's crazy, uh, guys. You know what we do. If you do listen to the show, you know what happens when we have Claude on the show. Uh, we go, we go round and round. So I got a, I got a question for Claude, and then I'll throw one to Mike, 
and we go around the horn. Just like softballs, that. Softballs, Doc G. Softballs, please. Softballs <laughs> for you around the horn. But just so you know, listeners, not like the show around the horn because we don't have ridiculous scoring that makes no sense. That's a fact. You guys ever watch that show? I don't get their score. It's just, it's aggravating. I don't like the it's, scoring. I think it's all the host, right? So, yeah. He's just you know, over- you never know who's going to win. Exactly. He's just over there beeping just regardless. Beep, 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 beep. That's 10 points. Oh, I'm de- minusing two. And you're just like, what? Blame. What's that? I like that comment. Why did he take away? It makes no <laughs> sense. Anyways. Um, so for the listeners, I'm going to catch the listeners up that don't know about the NBA. We're going to get a little uh, catch up here, guys. So um, in the NBA, quarter of the way through, every every team's about 20 games in. Boston Celtics, number one in the league. Milwaukee Bucks are right there in second. Phoenix Suns are third. Uh, and then the fourth through the 22nd team in the league are only separated by four games. Jeez. Four games. Wow. Crazy. Four through 22. It's crazy. Anybody. It's open to anybody in the league right now. So, Claude, we are going to start in the Western Conference. Western Conference, number one in the West, the Phoenix Suns. I don't know, Claude. I feel like I've seen this this song and dance before. They were number (laughs) one last year and the year before. Eh. Do you think they're going to win the West? Hmm. I feel you made you made two great points that I want to touch on. Uh, does it feel familiar? Yes. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're going through the motions to a certain extent. Um, I don't. When I watch them play this year, I mean, are they a great team? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and they've been great even with Chris Paul being out for um, over ten games the way that he has. But uh, you know, the West. You were talking about the game differences between all teams. You know, uh, I think it was like what three through 22 but there's a five game difference basically between the one and 13 seeds in the west Mm -hmm. um i think that if you are the Suns, Mm -hmm. you don't know about chris paul's health or you're just not disclosing it i'm not sure they call it a heelish issue Mm -hmm. but if he doesn't come back strong you have the little bit of drama that they've been trying to downplay from Jay Crowder sitting out as long as he has, um, wanting a trade, requesting a trade. I just don't know if they're going to be able to make a run like they did a few years ago because, again, and we've talked about this in the past, the run that they made was purely based on injuries. Mm -hmm. Every team that they played uh, to get to the finals had injured players, and Mm -hmm. I think that... You know, Phoenix was very fortunate to get there. And and in this situation, is Devin Booker a superstar, MVP candidate? Yes. But they've missed their window to an extent. They were two years ago. You didn't see the parity that we see in the NBA now. But you've seen all of these other teams close the gap and Phoenix fail to really get that much better. Mm -hmm. And with the DeAndre Ayton situation, with his signing, uh, signing his new contract, you know, he was, uh, they had to, matches offer sheet because he he was going to sign elsewhere i think it was uh in indiana that that wanted to yeah so i you know you look at other teams there that are that are really close to them are they going to be able to beat a young and and upcoming memphis team with john morant when they get desmond bain back um i mean their young guys are just really really good um and and how are the older players for phoenix going to match up there the pelicans have so much depth and then the clippers uh, everyone talks about them every year, and I kind of have my own feelings about them because they never live up, live up to par. But if they get Paul George and Kawhi 
the one the players that we've come to know the superstars megastars yeah how does phoenix how do they get through that and i think that you need players like the jay crowders on your team and they just don't have it yep yep i agree mike yeah. here comes the toughie to you <laughs> kendall jenner wait what devin booker seems like they ended their relationship <laughs> last month Girl, come on. they 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 called it quits now since he has separated himself from a family that has obviously no good for anything except for reality shows making money and wasting time but you no know what <laughs> do you think this will be enough unlike claude to propel them to a championship do you think cutting ties with kendall jenner will make him the ultimate superstar yeah it's hard to say it's like Either they're going to go to the finals or he's going to not be in the NBA next year for whatever reason. Just completely. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. There's no middle ground. Bipolar reaction. Uh, it's either yeah. one or the other. I like it. I could definitely yeah, exactly. see that. There's a catch there too because if he if he stays in the NBA, if he doesn't fall out of the NBA, which I highly <laughs> doubt he will yeah. or he won't, does she start dating somebody else that he's friends with? Because uh, all she does that's is go 100%. for NBA players. I was about to say, that's a, that's 100%. I mean, you know, we, we, <laughs> we, we could spend the rest of the show going down that list that uh, has already been had. That's a fact. Uh, Claude, let's move on, though, to the fighting Pelicans. Say what? I still... Yes. I still think it's the most ridiculous mascot. Like, honestly, what, how how do you come up with the Pelicans? There's so many, like, I, I get it. There are college teams that are Gators. There are other, but, like, you looked at New Orleans and you're like, best animal? Pelican. Yeah, I think Pelican. Yeah, no, we're all in agree. <laughs> like, come on. Come on. I would need a, a fact check. Is that their state bird? I don't know. It is. It is their it, state, so that, state that bird. So that would... But still, okay. like, like, no, no. <laughs> Anyways... Uh. They are good, regardless of their mascot. They're great. They're behind Phoenix in the standings, right behind them. They took the Suns last year to seven games. They got the same team now, except they added Zion. He's back. Yeah. So, can the Pelicans win the West, Claude? Hmm. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm going to say yes. Um, and... The reason being is uh, everything's circumstantial. You know I believe that. I think it all starts with the C.J. McCollum trade last year. If they don't make that trade, I think not only is he a phenomenal player, but from a culture piece, what he was able to bring in, professionalism, maturity, um, he's able to teach and show these young superstars like Zion and even Brandon Ingram, who have both been all-stars in this league, albeit in separate seasons for the Pelicans. But... Um, I mean, he's able to bring a lot to the table there. And I think, uh, you know, it, they're very, very deep, right? You've got uh, Brandon Ingram, you've got CJ McCollum, you've got Zion Williamson, all averaging above 15 points per game. That's yep. three really good players. And four other players for them, Valanchunas, Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado, Herbert Jones, Herbie. all above 10 points per game. Mm -hmm. So you've got... Uh, seven guys averaging more than 10 points per game and Larry Nance Jr. is averaging nine. So basically eight guys at 10 points per game. Nice. That is a deep, deep team. Now, they still have to go out and beat the likes of Luka, you know, like I said, the Clippers with Paul George and Kawhi. You still have the reigning champs that nobody wants to talk about right now because they've had a, a rocky start to the season with Golden State. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, if you if you think about it, an injury or two happens, and the Pelicans stay healthy with that deep of a team, why can't they go that far? And CJ McCollum's also been to a conference finals uh, when he was. Uh, with the Trailblazers, with Dame Lillard. So I think, yeah. again, that experience is going to pay dividends. Amen. 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 Mike, we talked about it before we came on the air. You recently bought a pack of basketball <laughs> trading yes. cards. Yes. For the first time in like 30 years, mm-hmm. you showed your haul on social media, and I noticed that you picked up a Herb Jones basketball card. <laughs> From the Pelicans, and I told you, yeah, Mike Herb is that dude. That's what I said. I said he's that yeah, dude. Yeah, I put a case on it. You put a case. I put on a case. It. I put now, a. I put a plastic covering on the the card. That's to right. Protect it. Well, after I told you that, I found out some news about Herb that I thought you might want to know. So, oh God, I no no this is good. I, I think this is good. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if this. It, we'll see if you can out curb. of the case. <laughs> so so Herb, I found out is also a frugal dude. Sweet. Um, okay. Apparently, in a news article, uh, it reported that he only wears the free gear that he gets from the team. He does not buy any clothes outside of the free stuff from the team. He said, quote, I think long-term for my kids, if I have to wear a Pelican gears, a gear for the rest of my career, then my kids <laughs> or my kids' kids can go to school for free just based on what I earned in the NBA, then I'm good. I'm cool. Boom. Hmm. I feel like that's like Tim Dunk was Tim Duncan's uh, way of life, or Kawhi on the Spurs. Well, like weren't they? I know Kawhi was like driving an old school like Bronco or something. Well, I got. <laughs> I, I got. Yep, he was. I, I got to ask Mike. Does this make you like her more or less? I would say more. I like those guys that uh, that watch the broke documentary that um, are like, not dudes. happening to me. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes, I checked. I you know, he's making one point eight million dollars. You know, so it's not yeah. like he's he. I mean, you know, I'd like to make one point eight million dollars. But it, it's mm-hmm. it's it's not like he's pulling in you know uh, uh, Giannis money of forty two million. Right. So it's uh, sure. you got you got to play a little conservative. Did he say? Yeah. <laughs> he said he had a fiduciary. He's got people looking out for his money, but he's still going to play a conservative. And if you get cool gear, I would be wearing the <laughs> those sweatpants. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. I'd yeah, be, everything looks comfortable. Yeah, every single day. I just pelicans it all out. That's Well, again, it's pelicans. But still, I'd be, you know, it's, it's free <laughs> pelican stuff. So anyways, hmm. moving on, Claude, the Sacramento Kings, the fighting Mike Browns. <laughs> Are in the Love fifth, fifth place of the West. It's crazy. Fifth. Why are they doing good, and can they end up in the playoffs? Yeah, I think um, it does. You it does start with Mike Brown and the experience that he was able to bring over from Golden State, and not just uh, being on those championship winning teams and and deep playoff run. Uh, teams, but you know, for our younger listeners, you know, this dates all the way back to when he was the head coach of the Cavaliers, taking LeBron James, or really LeBron James took him, but mm-hmm. they went to the finals in 07. And I think um, he's obviously made a few stops since then, but he is, uh, he is a terrific, terrific basketball mind. And uh, when you have a leader like that and you're able to surround the, you, you know, your, yourself with a coaching staff that, truly wants to win which is unlike anything sacramento has had 
uh, in the past few years. Luke Walton, I'm not saying he didn't want to win, but I think that he just was not the right fit for that team. Um, you you end up bringing in players like DeMontis Sabonis, and you pair him with a guy like uh, like De'Aaron Fox. So you have Sabonis, who is a uh, multi multiple-time All-Star. You have De'Aaron Fox, who it's obviously in the West, very difficult to make an all-star team with all the great guards out there. This year, he's averaging 23 and six. I think the elephant in the room there is Tyrese Halliburton, the Mm -hmm. trade they made to get him out of there. Um, But it was one of those win-win trades, right? It's not like they traded Halliburton and didn't have another great point guard. De'Aaron Fox is a quality starting point guard. And then you pair him with a big man like Fox, or excuse me, like Sabonis. Mm You have to have buy-in from your other guys, like the Harrison Barnes, and they brought in Malik Monk, and you have the rookie Keegan Murray, um, uh, Davion Mitchell that they drafted last year. I think you know one of the biggest underrated acquisitions this season, which I hated on this contract when it was given to him uh, in the Hawks, but Kevin Huerter mm. being brought over completed their team to an extent. They have a solid point guard with a solid big, and you sprinkle in all those other pieces. We just talked about the depth of the Pelicans. I think that the Kings, if they continue to play the right way, it is a very, very tough situation. I think they're no less than a playoff, a play-in team. I think nice. they can make the playoffs. Wow. Nice. Nice. Claude, next one that we have on the list would be Dallas Mavericks, the team that went to the Western Conference Finals last year are in 10th place right now. Word. Right at 500. Now, uh, I will say, precursor, this was exactly what happened last year. Uh, up until about the midway point, and then they went banana sandwich. That's a fact. But they've got Luka. Is that enough to get them to the finals? Short answer is uh, yes. Uh, But the long answer here is it depends on everyone else on the team. That seems like the obvious answer, right? But that's, I mean, it it really is the case here. Obvious and correct. There is a, there's not another player in the NBA not LeBron anymore, um, not even Giannis. He goes through spurts. Um, Jokic has his moments. Embiid, he can he can play in spurts. The only player in the NBA right now, um, other than maybe Kevin Durant, that can control the tempo for an entire game is Luka Doncic. And Kevin Durant doesn't control the ball as much as, as Luka does. The body control... Um, the way that that he he just orchestrates the entire offense is unlike any other player in the league. Even uh, when you look at the Hawks and and uh, Trey Young, now that they brought Murray in, he doesn't qualify. I just can't find another name that is on the same level as Luca. That being said, um, you know LeBron used to say, "Just get me into the playoffs, and it doesn't matter what team I'm playing with. Uh, you know we've got a shot to win." And I truly feel that's the case with Luca now. Nice. If he gets into the playoffs and you have Tim Hardaway Jr., Reggie Bullock, Maxi Kleba, uh, Davis Bertans, these kind of mid-tier to lower-level guys, but they can all shoot, right? The blueprint for Luka is surround him with shooters so he can do his thing and kick it out. If they are all hitting in the same game, yeah. they're almost unstoppable, unstoppable to beat. I feel like their record uh, definitely doesn't reflect how good they can be because – a lot of these guys haven't stepped up to the plate so far. Tim Hardaway Jr. has had atrocious 
uh, shooting nights to start this season. Yeah. A lot of these other guys, Bullock, um, they have as well. They tried experimenting with uh, JaVale McGee as the starting center. Um, now they're going more to, to Kleba and uh, Dwight Powell again. But the question mark here is Christian Wood. He averages 17 points and eight rebounds this year. Uh, Jason Kidd refuses to put him in consistently. He will not start the guy. So if you're not going to utilize him, because he is a little bit of a defensive liability, but if you're not going to utilize him, uh, why not go ahead and ship him out? Because the reason is when you had Jalen Brunson leave the Mavericks, it left a void behind Luka. And Spencer Dinwiddie helped take over a lot of that void. But nobody came in to interject uh, where Dinwiddie was. So I think if you can get rid of Wood and and maybe a pick or two, bring in somebody that can help fill that Dinwiddie Brunson type level. Uh, when they get to the playoffs, that's going to be a very scary team if they're they're hitting on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. I, I've I've heard a lot of comparisons between Luca and uh, James Harden. Uh, um, Rockets, James Harden. I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. A lot of iso ball, a lot of one-on-one, and then kick out, drive and kick. Yeah. Um, There's definitely similarities there, and and they both can get to the free throw line. I think Luca's averaging uh, like around, he's at 33, 9, and 9 on about 10 free throw attempts Mm. a game. Um, But he's not the best free throw shooter either, and that's the difference. I'll give Harden credit there. He is a better free throw shooter. Mm. Um, But yeah, I, I just... That might be the closest comparison a few years ago with the way Harden could control a game from the first minute to the 48th. Yeah. I just don't see another player that can do what Luka does current day right now. Yeah. And I think his version of basketball will end up beating what James Harden used to do. He's not mm-hmm. going out and putting up 50 to 60 point games every single night. He doesn't have to. He, he averages uh, just as many assists, I think, as Harden, but... Um, that's a that's a great comparison. I just think Luca's on another another level. Mike Luca Doncic, speaking of him, said over the weekend that he prefers to play early games because quote the rest of his day is free. Hmm. <laughs> I can My, get on board with that. I was about, Mike. If you were an NBA player, would you want to play mostly noon games or mostly night games? Yeah, noon games. You're Didn't at your it. peak. I feel like, yeah, I would, I would love if it worked f- to do stand-up comedy in the morning or in the <laughs> afternoon, but it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Breakfast comedy. Meet, yeah. m- meet me with an omelet and some coffee. I'm gonna tell you yeah. some jokes. I like it. Doesn't it. work. Something I, about the daytime and the lights. It doesn't. I gotta be work. honest. I, I mean this in the most respectful way to Luca, but what the doing with the rest of your day like what like (laughs) you're a basketball player man i I don't know man when i was in high school like i love that the games were at night those were my favorite man so exciting like it's the build-up it's nighttime you're not doing anything outside so come into the gym that's that's where the excitement is like i don't i just i I don't know i mean and and if i were luca He's actually good. That's I'm fact. not good. Nope. So like being <laughs> being good is very exciting too. You got everybody's focus. You're the you're the you know you're the shining light there. Come on, you want to get it over with? So what? You can twiddle your thumbs and watch reruns of Modern Family. Come on, come on. He seems like a video games guy. I think he, he he's is. Trying to yeah, get that's to, true. Uh, he's probably video games. Watch anime. That's for some reason. I hear a lot of basketball <laughs> players like anime. 
It's a weird one. I don't know if spin, that's true, Claude. Spinning his. I, I've heard it as well. I think Zion uh, actually his first shoe uh, tried to model it after Zion, uh, Naruto. Zion I think. amazingly <laughs> looks like an anime character. I don't know what it is he, about he him, but he looks like he an does anime. Does look character. like an anime. Yeah, he does. Uh, Claude, all of a sudden, uh, about 10 games ago, it seemed like Anthony Davis remembered that he was awesome at basketball. Like, he forgot it for a year and a half, and then he was like, oh, wait a second. Oh, yeah, I'm good. Since that realization, the Lakers have won 8 of 10. 8 of 10, and he had a game over 50 points. How good can the Lakers be if Anthony Davis keeps remembering that he's good at basketball <laughs> yeah i i can say nobody would want to see them in the in the play-in game or the first round at this point the expectations for the lakers they've been thrown under the bus so many times for so many different reasons it's been the coach it's been the management it's been westbrook it's been lebron stat padding it's been ad's always hurt here we are with all the narratives and a week later a week and a half uh from ad going on this run everybody's quiet Mm-hmm. All of the narratives have stopped. And so I think when you look at this Lakers team, um, it, it, I never thought, in my opinion, I never thought that Westbrook and LeBron couldn't start together. I always felt that you just had to stagger their minutes the majority of the game because if Westbrook can win MVP is with Steven Adams as his center, then he can win not MVP, but he can do it very well with Anthony Davis as his center. It made no sense why that wouldn't work. The reason it wouldn't is because you can't have LeBron and Westbrook fighting over who's going to be handling the ball. I think that uh, with the way that they've done things now, if they want to move him to the bench, that's fine. Westbrook's going to be a six-man-of-the-year candidate. Um, He's putting up crazy uh, playmaking numbers, assist numbers are are through the roof. Um, I think the game that you're referring to with AD when he put up 55 or so, uh, Westbrook went off for 15 assists in that game yeah. or 11 and 11 or 10 of those was nice. to Anthony Davis, which is the most from one player to another in a uh, 15 assist game in NBA history. I have to fact wow. check that, but I'm pretty sure that's accurate. So that said, 80s at 29-13, two blocks and two steals a game. Those are unreal numbers. Those are Giannis MVP numbers. I, I think that if they continue on this path, they have a really good shot to make the play-in game. And I think that if the one move that they need to look at making because of the salary on the contract is is uh, moving Pat Bev. I yeah. think he's just out there running around at this point to play Pushing a joke people. that him and Westbrook talked about a couple years ago. I mean, he's out there doing nothing, and he just talks a lot. Uh, when you watch the games, he can't make a shot. Um, he would have, he would be very defensive if he heard this segment and me talking about this because it's Pat Dev. But let's just call a spade a spade. The guy can't make a shot. He averages four points per game. And it's not like he's playmaking. He averages two assists per game. And he's mm. playing about 20 to 25 minutes a night. So why not turn a $10 million, you know, contract, flip that. And if, if you can add two second round picks, what if you were to flip that for Jay Crowder? Mm. I, I can't. I mean, there are scenarios out there that make sense that the Lakers could go with without having to give up those two first round picks because I know Palinka doesn't want to do it. Yeah. Um, but the Lakers, they are for real right now. And I love that all of the haters have gone quiet. I, I do have to say, I think, you know, you know me, Claude, I'm not a huge Lakers fan, but I think everybody. Uh, uh, Everybody needs to give Westbrook an apology. Like, I feel like people came way too hard on him the whole last year for really, like, 
doing nothing but being Westbrook, doing nothing but he, trying. He put hard. up the same numbers last year, uh, as as far as you know, per thirty six minutes. Um, he and and the shooting percentages. Everyone complained about uh, the bricks. Westbrook was yeah. the big name going around. Yeah. He didn't do anything different last year than he's done his entire career. The yeah. only difference is is he's playing with two mega stars now, so he's not going to average a triple double. Nope. But yeah. when he when he averages the same percentages and gets a triple double, everything's fine. So yeah. I just, you know, you're completely right. And and I will say there's a lot of room for. Uh, you know, I said call a spade a spade. If you can call somebody out and it's it's true, um, then all by all means go for it. But the last thing that you need is LA is obviously one of the biggest markets out there. That guy went through with his family being targeted, the way that the fans treated them. It wasn't right. And uh, if anyone else, if any of our listeners are in LA, I hope that they go and start talking about Westbrook. Um, I actually heard him getting some MVP chants recently mm-hmm. in one of their games, which is really cool. So nice. it's good to see a hometown kid finally get some love. You see, you had to see that motivation too. The motivation when he got smacked in the face, bleeding all over the place. I was like, <laughs> I want a shirt of that. Immediately when I saw that, I was just like, that's that's a warrior on the floor right there, man. Uh, we are going to take a break We are going to hear from our former guest and longtime friends of the show. This is the Blackwater Fever from Australia, right here with their newest single, Everything Always Right, here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G show. We are with none other than Claude, Fly Till I Die, Alathan, and of course, Mikey Maximus, the Furnicus, Charette. Don't forget, he holds an associate in the arts. I do degree. have an associate's degree. Yes. 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 Um, <laughs> Thank you. We are going to move on to the East Coast. We have been talking NBA almost the whole show. It has been fantastic. We got through the West Coast. We talked about some highlights there. Of course, the biggest being the Jazz, who will ultimately win everything we all know. Um, Come on. Let's be honest. We're going to go to the East Coast here, and we're going to start with number one, the Boston Celtics, number one in the league. They are a ton of people's favorites to win the finals this year. Claude, do they have a weakness? Is there anything that could sidetrack them from that road to glory? Uh, I, I don't think they they do. I think their one weakness played off in the or played out in the off season. I think that uh, you know they're coming off a finals loss, mm-hmm. and you have the Imei Udoka situation. Obviously, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, there's a lot of uh, resemblance between this team and the 2014 Spurs when they lost in the 13 finals to the Heat, kind of had a redemption season um, or a revenge season, if you want to call it that. And um, you're seeing that from Boston this year. They they really, they play so well. And more than anything, not only do they have the offensive weapons, uh, but defensively, they're phenomenal. So, you know, I think Brown this year and Tatum are probably... Uh, because of record and because of consistency, the best one-two punch in the entire NBA. Mm-hmm. I don't see anyone else who's done exactly what they've done. I think when you talk about one-two punches, you think Kawhi, Paul, George, you think LeBron, AD. Uh, I could go on with a few others, but yeah. Brown and Tatum are the ones that have stepped up. And um, Tatum is a bona fide superstar. I think that um, he is, this is the the closest he's going to get to MVP or the closest he has gotten to MVP so far in his career. Um, but I think when you look at their overall roster, everything does come down to, to depth. Uh, that's why I picked the Pelicans as a an opportunist to come out of the West earlier. So true. Um, Dallas as well, if they have everybody hitting on all cylinders. But when you surround a Brown and Tatum with the veterans like Derek White, the Marcus Smarts, Defensive Player of the Year reigning, uh, Malcolm Brogdon that they brought over, who was playing former Sixth Man of the Year, playing at an all-star caliber and, uh, you know, in Indiana, uh, Grant Williams is back. They brought in veterans. They've got Blake Griffin, who I'm not sitting here claiming it's Blake Griffin from the Clippers. I'm him. saying Ooh, that's knowledge yeah, that Blake you Griffin, need. To, the Celtics, I they do. That. Oh yeah, nice. oh yeah. But that's that. that veteran leadership you have to have yeah. on a championship roster. Um, when you have one of your Browns and Tatum's or Marcus Smarts come out the game and they may be struggling, a Blake Griffin can come over and say, "Let me point out what I saw just a second ago," and they can talk through it. It's a coach. Uh, it's a player that's a coach, basically. And I think, you know, the Celtics are for real. And I don't know if there's another team outside of one that could potentially beat them. I like it. I like it. Uh, Mike, last week, the Prince and Princess of Wales were at the Boston and Miami game. Say what? They were setting courtside. That's right. Mike, if you were sitting beside Prince William, would you expect a high five on any highlight play or would you initiate a high five hmm. would i initiate yes would i expect it probably not <laughs> okay. but what about like would, a salute or something yeah i would initiate all types of communication with that guy if i was sitting anywhere <laughs> near him for sure would for you sure. lean over at some point and be like hey just so you know 
I don't. I'm not even going to watch your brother's Netflix series. I'm not interested. That's right. I'll let you know. <laughs> I wouldn't say that because I wouldn't know to say that, but I would. I would try to say something as polite okay. somehow, Doctor. I would come up with something that would be like, "Hey, we could be friends after this if you'd like." If <laughs> slip you a business a card over. Well, yeah. just just so you're in the know, Mike. Uh, the the new series uh, with uh, Megan and Harry has came out. It's a docu. It's coming out uh, piece by piece on Netflix, hmm. and it's causing quite a stir. The, the trailer just itself calls the stir because they used a controversial pick of the princess, Prince Kate, hmm. Princess Kate. And uh, it seems to be putting them at odds. Seems so to they're kind of going up against that whole deal. They're going, they're, they're going they're, up. They're, they're, they're anti-royal. Yeah, anti- they're, they're trying to rail, Mike. They're railing. Gotcha. They're, yeah, they're, they're, and you know what? I'm not buying it. Nope. I'm not, you know what? Not I, it. I'm not buying it? I'm not a royalist by any means, but I got to be honest. William seems to irritate me a little bit less. I don't know. I, there's something about him. Maybe it's I just feel bad for him because of how much Harry's lost. You know, I'm like, that sucks. I'm sorry. All the money in the world and you're a prince and you don't have hair? That blows. How'd that happen? Yeah. You know? But regardless, I'm just saying, Mike, take the advantage. If you're sitting beside a prince, take advantage. You know? Oh, for sure. Plus, Definitely. I got to see a great game. Jimmy Butler came back and he just dominated out of nowhere and actually beat that amazing Boston team for... Nice. Who knows why? Uh, anyways, uh, we're going to move on to the next team right behind the Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, right there. So true. Behind the Celtics at the top of the East. They've got Chris Middleton back. They've got Connaughton mm. back. Who are you taking, Claude, in a seven-game series, Boston or the Bucks? Yeah, so I said there's only one other team that I think can beat the Celtics, and it is the Bucks. I, I, don't, I don't know of anyone we all know that the playoffs are different than the regular season. And yeah. we t- I touched on earlier players that can operate in spurts versus be very consistent, control a game. That's why Luke is so dangerous is because he's going to control the game in the regular season and the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But the Bucks have Giannis, mm. who in the regular season can operate in spurts to the point where they're blowing teams out halfway through the fourth quarter. He doesn't have to play anymore. Yeah, Different game in the playoffs, it's slowed down. And I think that's where if everyone else is healthy, you just mentioned Middleton coming back. That's their closer. He and Holiday have not had a chance since they won the championship to play at full health in the playoffs. Yeah. And I think that uh, when you look at Giannis, he he's averaging 32-11-6 and six this season. Um, it's just unreal numbers, and he's barely being talked about for the MVP um, but the biggest difference maker here, the X factor, there's two of them actually for this team. Bobby Portis mm. averaging a uh, averaging a double double so far this year in points and rebounds, and Brooke Lopez actually winding the clock back. For those who don't know, it's not like this guy just woke up and learned how to play basketball. He is the New Jersey slash Brooklyn Nets all time franchise leading scorer. Uh, he is averaging 15 points, six rebounds, and three the blocks. Name it, the count blocks. them one, two, three blocks a game. Um, if all of these guys, and again, we're a quarter of the way through the season, but if all of these guys can continue operating like this, uh, get back into the, the camaraderie they used to have with all these guys coming back from injury, I just. I don't see how you can stop Giannis in a half court game. Amen. Um, he, he's just too much. Amen. Amen. And uh, I will say, uh, Bobby, uh, I love Bobby, 
But crazy if, eyes. If you listen to uh, Bucks basketball, like I have a tendency to do on Sirius XM, he has a commercial for the Department of Transportation of Wisconsin, and it is the worst <laughs> commercial you have ever heard. It is the worst tape over you've ever heard someone do. It's he's like. It, it's about him driving to the hoop, and he's like, you can see, you can hear him reading it off of a paper, like, and you're just like, whoa, that was the best take we had, nice. guys. But I wouldn't want him to do a better take than that. One I would done. want that. Yeah, I would want that. Appa- apparently, the producer <laughs> of the commercial thought the same way, and they were like, keeping it, cut it. Yes, this is viable. Anyways, my my question that I wanted to ask you was. Uh, have you watched any Milwaukee games recently? Hmm. Have I watched any of the Milwaukee games? No, I haven't. Oh. Have did you watch any last year? Do you do you remember watching Giannis's brother? Uh yeah, I remember watching a little bit of Giannis's brother. Thanasis. Thanasis on Tenacumpo is cheering every single play. That yeah. dude is more He's enthusiastic hyped. than ninety nine percent of the fans in the crowd. Yeah, and granted, right. granted, granted, if I was getting two million dollars and watching my brother, I might be that enthusiastic too. Yeah. But and he's got a championship. He's, he's won his own championship. All the Anadokumbo brothers, except for the very youngest, I think, has a championship now. My, Amazing. My question is, Mike, do you want to be adopted into the Antenna Kupo family? Of course. Come on. Those guys are having a great time. <laughs> yes. Yes. You see them after the championship, they had like a picture of like them with their championship trophies or just like texting. Yeah. And uh, like eating fast food or something. Yeah. yeah. It looks like they're having a great time. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to be too, man. I, yeah. I'm i going to be shorter than everybody else. I'm going to be older than everybody <laughs> else. But I want to be a part of this family. I mean, yeah. this family, they love each other. They have fun. They're smiling like 95% of the time. Like, and they got each other's backs, man. That's the yeah. thing. Anything happens in yeah, the game, do. the Nasus is pissed. Like, he wants in that <laughs> game to get retribution for Giannis. Like, it's it's ridiculous, <laughs> man. I love it. I love it. I, I like, I'm not joking. When I see the Nasus on the court, he makes me happy. Like, I'm just yeah. like happy. Like, he's, no, fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Claude, coming in third in the East is a team you're big on. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers. They've got Donovan Mitchell. They've got Karis LeVert. They've got Garland. Do you think this team has a shot against those two big dogs? Do they have a chance to go up against Boston or Milwaukee? The answer is no, and and you're right. I am big on this team, but the the reason it's a no is because of what they have or what they're lacking in uh, their forward position mm. slot. They don't they don't got have centers, the guys that can go guards. up against. Yeah, you, you, they don't have anyone to match up well uh, with Middleton or even Giannis, even though Giannis plays a lot of center, um, and they don't have anyone who can match up against Tatum. And I think. You know, from an offensive standpoint, you know, I'm a big fantasy guy mm-hmm. uh, for NBA. And I, I had a guy ask me earlier before the draft this year, uh, should I take Donovan Mitchell? And I said, yeah, because there are some guys that can go into a system and they don't have to adjust to the system. The, the system adjusts to them. Mm-hmm. They're going to get their numbers. Donovan Mitchell is one of those guys. He's always going to have the ball in his hand and, and the numbers are going to come. So 
when you look at their roster though you're looking at garland and mitchell and then you have mobley and allen so you've got like yeah. you said guards you got centers and then you got old man kevin love coming off the bench but at that forward slot do you play Karis Lavert, who's had a, a fairly you know down season this yeah. year? Um, Chetty Osman, that's uh, he's too streaky, not going to get it done. Um, and then their young guy Isaac Okoro has been a huge disappointment. I don't know if it's player development or him just not getting in the gym, but he's the same player today that he was when he came in. He's just a little bit older. Sorry so I think, to him if he's listening. We're sorry. I, I I'm not a <laughs> I'm not against you, man, but just go get in the gym. <laughs> so you know, I think not this year. Um, but next year, if they could potentially move some of those uh, little averts, the Chetties, um, the the Coros, maybe add a, another draft pick or two, whatever they got left from the Mitchell trade. Um, if you can bring in a better uh, small forward, the slot in there, mm. and no, I'm not hinting at LeBron, an actual diff- actually different player <laughs> for Cleveland. Um, I think that they're going to be great. I also think they need to experience a little bit of heartache, and they remind me of right. a young up-and-coming team, just like the Grizzlies that last year lost to the Warriors, who went on to win it. They had their off-season got talk it. back and forth. Yeah, you got to go through trial and tribulation to get there. It's it's like a rite of passage, yeah. and. Um, uh, Cleveland's they're on their way and and shout out to their front office for doing a phenomenal job getting that lineup uh what they have currently put together for sure for sure uh Mike which city listens to the Doc G show more Boston or Cleveland mm, Boston correct that's yes. why in a seven game series they will win Yes. <laughs> yes. That is uh, the logic that we have on the show, and we're sticking to it. And until <laughs> until Cleveland starts beating us in those numbers, they're not going to win a playoff game against no, Boston. So I don't see it. Nope. Nope. Uh, Claude, uh, we're going to move on to the old Philadelphia 76ers. Word. The 76ers uh, have been told to trust the process for the last seven seasons. I'm beginning to think they're they're winging the process and don't actually have one. Um, yeah, the the process is over. Are are the 76ers <laughs> worth watching? No, no, okay. not really. Yeah. Um, is Joel Embiid on his own worth watching? Yes. Mm. Um, I think that if you were to take him off of that team, it, it would not be pretty, and it's already not pretty half the time. Um, and the reason is, is because they traded for James Harden, and they never know which James Harden they're going to get. Are they going to get the facilitating James Harden that is capable of leading the league in assists? Are they going to get the scoring James Harden that show up, shows up every five to ten games? Or are they going to get the James Harden that forgets how to do everything, uh, and he just gives you you know no points in the second half of games or in overtime, uh, no assists in overtime games? I, I just my thing with Philadelphia is. Um, Doc Rivers is a great coach, uh, and and I think that it takes Hall of Fame players to put him over the edge as a winning coach because the only time that he's won a championship was with uh, the big three in Boston with Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and yeah. Paul Pierce. They Is Joel Embiid and James Harden probably going to end up in the, the Hall of Fame, of course, but uh, this isn't James Harden in Houston, right? If they had that guy, this would be a totally different story. So... Am I going to tune in and watch Joel Embiid dominate? Of course. But I don't know what I'm getting with uh, with Harden. I don't know how Max he's going to be when he comes back from injury. And Tobias Harris has a tendency, a very strong tendency, uh, to play like he's forgotten about in the offense when all of those guys are playing at once. He, he's clearly their number four option. 
with all these guys out, he has played extremely well. I'd love to see him keep that level uh, of play going on. But yeah, overall, Philadelphia, I think that they are probably two years uh, or less from having to blow this thing up again because they just aren't going to be able to build around Embiid. And I'll tell you, last point about Philly, the biggest mistake that they made through this entire thing isn't Sam Hinkie, it isn't the Brett Brown, it isn't, you know, all the bad centers that they drafted um, up until they didn't draft Jason Tatum. Mm. If they had taken Jason Tatum, it would be he and Embiid together right now. And that's, I'm a big uh, opponent of the what if stories. I don't really like going down those rabbit holes, but man, if you're Philly, you're kicking yourself in the ass because that is the, that's a generational player. You could have paired with another generational player and James Harden isn't that guy anymore. Nope. Definitely, mm. definitely not. Yeah, and uh, I am not going to tune in to watch Joel Embiid over the Jazzercisers. That's a fact, <laughs> listeners. No Glory, way. baby. It's not how, yeah. His, I'm watching his curly hair do it all, okay? <laughs> He's really, sometimes in the like the fourth quarter, it gets really like permy-like. It's, it's, I think he throws a lot of water in there, maybe a little product. I don't know, but I like it. That dude's ripped, too. Give it up for marketing. Ooh. Anyways, uh, Mike, earlier this month, the NBA suspended veteran referee Tony Brothers after he called who we've mentioned already on the show, Spencer Dinwiddie of the Mavericks. Mm. Mother mm. Yeah. Yeah. And this was, this was when, this was when Dinwiddie complained about a call. That was what Tony brother said back to him. Mike, how do you feel about this? Yeah. F guys. Spencer Dinwiddie is amazing. He's a great player. Yeah. Loves crypto. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about that guy. Yeah. I got, I got, I got to be honest. Referee out of here. I, I like having the refs have that power, man. I give them that yeah. power. Mm -hmm. I give them. I want, I want to hear. You know, I, I. So I don't like the fact that there's been just this crazy amount of turnovers as far as calling the travels this year. But I like the fact that they they have a little bit more power in it because. Yeah. I just I get I get a little bit I'm not that old school dude that's like ow I don't want to see players talk ever but I just get tired of having the seeing the argument with the players just sitting there yelling at the ref and the ref looking stone face off into the distance just being like like yeah. after a while it's like if you ever play in a pickup game and you get those two guys that are just going to constantly argue every single play and you have to stop and listen for like 10 minutes. The worst. And, and you're like, Jesus, we just want to play basketball, man. Just accept yeah. a call. Like, you know, so I was, I, I got to be honest, I was on Tony <laughs> Brothers' side on this one. I was like, yeah. Call. I understand. I, hey, I, totally I have to it. say that I was on his side as well. And I, I normally wouldn't chime in this much when it's not my question. But I have to <laughs> say, as a former player, I have encountered many a referee that have had the same potty mouth as Tony Brothers. Oh, yeah. And not one time did I ever complain about it or would I ever have said anything to the media about it. And from what I can collect about uh, information-wise about Tony Brothers is that's his normal personality. Yeah. And I, I am a little disappointed in Spencer Dinwiddie for coming out and making that a big deal because he shouldn't have done that. Well, I mean, I, I mean, you know, it, it's it's the back and forth, man. You use profanity. Now he didn't use it towards Tony Brothers, but he still used he used profanity, and he was 
all outraged about not getting the call. So like, what do you, what do you? It's expect? all connotation. It's yeah. all the connotation. If he, I guarantee you, Tony Brothers wishes zero ill will on Spencer Dinwiddie and his family and whoever and friends, whatever else. Yeah. But in that moment, that's what he said. And yeah, you 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 as the player have to understand how to make well, that distinction. And, and like like I I said earlier, I think if there if if refs were given more power, he wouldn't have lashed out like that. You know, if they were given mm-hmm. more power as far as respect of their calls, he wouldn't have said that, you know? Because he would be more confident in what he was doing, and he knows he has more power. Anyways, I digress. We got <laughs> one question left, Mike. Well, two questions, really. First, in the Western Conference, two most likely teams, what are you putting in your Western Conference Finals 20 games in? Keep in mind, listeners. Western Conference Finals. Well, according to Claude, I'm going to go off with Claude on this one. I think, obviously, Phoenix and Golden State. Phoenix and uh, Golden Western Conference. State. Phoenix yeah, and sure. Golden State. Now, keep in mind, okay. listeners, this could be completely wrong. And not because Mike doesn't know what he's talking about, but because we're That's only true. 20 games in. Okay? Yeah. Anything could change. Now, Claude, what's your opinion? What are you saying? Western Coast Look, I, I think I think that was a terrific answer because we are 20 games in and a lot can change. And I do think the Warriors are going to turn it around. Mm-hmm. But we're 20 games in and I'm going off of what I've seen in 20 games. So I, I'm, I'm going to say uh, that the uh, Pelicans and the Clippers wild card choices. The reason being is I already gave my my case for the Pels earlier. If there's a couple injuries along the way and they stay healthy, yeah. they've got the depth, they can do it. Um, but the Clippers, without Paul George, without Kawhi Leonard, and for the majority of the first 20 games this season, they are still one of the best teams in the West. Yeah. So I, I, it's hard for me to think that if they sprinkle those two two guys back in there, that they can't be the ones at the end of the day playing in the West. So I'm going to go with Clips and Pels. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, Mike. I don't know if you remember this, but right after the the championship, I I, I said Clippers in the Western Coast uh, Conference Finals. That's what I'm I'm st- I'm sticking with it. And of course, but I tell you, Phoenix and Phoenix and the Warriors. Those are two really good picks. You're like you could very well be right here. I just went with what I thought was the most obvious now, for Golden's for uh, West <laughs> West Coast Finals. Now, now obviously, uh, along with the Clippers, I'm putting in Jazz. Uh, that will be. Uh, Obviously, the next uh, everybody knows they're gonna win. Um, okay, I'm gonna send you a Lori Markinen jersey. Woo! Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, on to the East Coast, Mike. What are your two picks for the East Coast? What do you think, Eastern Conference? Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Orlando Magic and uh, the home the team. Bucks, probably. Home team, yeah. everybody, listeners. For the non-longtime listeners, Mike is a big Orlando Magic fan, especially in jerseys, especially sure. in jersey form. But oh, yeah. your real pick, Mike, outside of Orlando, because they <laughs> only have five wins. So. Uh, I would say, yeah, but same same deal. I'm going to go with, like, Claude's top two, or what I thought was his top two, would be Milwaukee and Boston, probably. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Claude, following that strong. up, are you going to stick with that, or are you going with somebody else, some dark horse? Yeah, if if the magic can reel off uh, <laughs> twenty five of thirty wins here and bowl bowl wins Do MVP, it. yeah. Look, I am a bowl bowl stand this year. I am all about him. I love the guy. Uh, I'm glad he's getting an opportunity out of um, 
the shadows of, of Jokic in Denver. He finally gets to play, and uh, man, that guy is... He is the Wimbenyama uh, before Wimbenyama, man. He's crazy, man. Uh, the length and, and underrated athleticism, the way he can rise up over defenders... Uh, is pretty incredible block, shot blocking ability. I just turned this into a huge bowl bowl segment. So yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> well, his uh, his rating on two K just went up to eighty. So he's there you go. There you go. Summary well, I, of the NBA special bowl bowl is awesome. We'll see you guys later. <laughs> Done. No, no, Claude, go on. Yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna also agree the Celtics and the Bucks. Mm. Uh, I think it's pretty evident that those are the two teams that are kind of uh, you know ahead of the pack. Um, in the East. Now, are there some teams that could slip in there? Sure. Um, I'd love to see what's going to happen with the Nets. Uh, they seem to be playing a lot better as of late. And uh, they actually played the Celtics very close the other night. It was, yeah. a, you know, Kyrie didn't have his best game. I think he only finished with 18 on uh, low 40% shooting. But still, they've got a shot if they can make one or two adjustments. Because after this year, if the Nets don't make a move, uh, I don't think that team's going to be back together. Yeah. So, might as well go ahead and do what you can this year. Um, other than that, you know, I really do think it's the Celtics and Bucks above everyone else. Well, folks, for my money, I know you think I'm going to say the Jazzercisers, but for my money, I'm going Clippers and Bucks in the finals. That's what I'm putting in there. Uh, that's really what I want to see. So usually when I want to see something, it's not going to happen. So, um, And I tell you, that would be so cool to see Giannis have to every screen that gets set and Paul George is switching with Kawhi, who's yeah. switching with Robert Covington, yeah. who's switching with Zubak. That's as much length and big bodies as you can put on a guy like Giannis yeah. in the playoffs. And that's why I think the Celtics are going to have a lot of trouble going up against him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, Claude... Of course, it has been a pleasure to have you back on the show. I'm always excited to do the NBA special with you, man. Uh, thanks for coming on. Um, do you have any sign-off messages? Uh, fly till I die, baby. Yes. Hey. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right, guys, we will be right back here on the Doc G Show. We're going to hear from our former guest, Magic City Hippies, with my beams right here on the Doc G Show.
are back here on the Doc G Show. You just heard Magic City Hippies right here on the Doc G Show. And you just got finished with the Doc G Basketball Special. You guys now are inundated with Claude Lathan facts. Yes. You know everything about this season. You're excited about this season. You know that Mike would like to strike up a friendship with Prince William. You know that he would like to be a member of the Antetokounmpo family. Yes. You know that Boston listens to this show more than Cleveland. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. All of those things happened in that segment. So true. Mike, after that segment, who are you the most excited to watch? What team do you want to watch after listening to that segment or being a part of that segment? Well, first of all, Claude, thank you so much for adding at least two to three minutes to my ability to talk basketball this year. Um, so true. I think I got two minutes out of it, three minutes yeah. max. He's he's full of information. You, Amazing. You took notes, right? I definitely did not take notes, but I took like mental mental like focus notes. mental no- focus notes yeah and so here, therefore- here here's the positive mike it was recorded yes so if you need to go back and listen to it you can i will um listeners you can do that too please do it you can um so i'm gonna say the bucks because they were a lot of fun to watch a couple years ago uh when they won the championship was it a couple years ago yeah so, yeah the uh the uh, mask league or whatever it was mike it, COVID, uh COVID yes league. yes yeah, yes, that was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. So it'd be great to watch the Bucks. What about you, Doc? The G? bubble, the bubble, the as bubble. we called it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mike, my, my top three. Uh, there's not like a serious XM uh, listening top uh, top listening like they have on Spotify. But if there was the top three teams, Jazz, Bucks. New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Those are the three teams that I've been watching the most this season. They're the ones that get me the most excited. I just I love watching them. The Bucks, like I said, I don't I don't know if there's anybody that can hate Giannis. No way. Like that dude is just unhateable. Like it just have you seen Rise, Mike? Did no, you the, I want to watch it. I want to watch it. That's a is it the movie documentary or is it's it a an movie? Actual, it's okay. based on a true story. It's not a documentary. You know, they got yeah. actors in there as him and his brothers, but it's you just realize you're just like this dude is like a one in seventeen billion chance. That's a fact. And like everything that he had to get through, and as hard as he had to work, and the pinhole to make it. The pinhole chance to make it as far as what he's done in the NBA. Like, again, you just watch it and you're like, how do you not love this dude? Yeah. How does anybody not love this dude? Like, he's, he, for the last five years, he has been my MVP. He is my MVP every single year. Uh, and th- and that, that championship that he won, man, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Mike, we got to move on, though. We have done enough NBA. For the week, we've got to move on to the fastest growing segment in the world. Doc G Top 3. That is correct. And listeners, if you remember, I set up three in a row. Three in a row at one time. The first one being that I had already written this one, so we had to do it. And I'm still pretty excited about it because there's very a lot of differences here. Uh, the uh, Small intricacies, guys. The topic for today's Doc G Top 3 is... The best airports to have a layover in. Mm. The airport that you said, you know what? I don't hate this as much. Nope. That's what we want. 
And I got to be honest, Mike, I almost always have a layover because I'm not a, a wealthy man <laughs> and I'm always going to find the cheapest way to get there. Yeah. And usually it uh, requires a stop in some place. So true. Now, Mike, where is your number three? Um, honorable mention, if you don't mind, Doc G. Okay. Honorable mention. Oh, no, no. I'll take it all day. Um, I would say JFK. And I oh, say wow. that because JFK has an option. If you were really laid over, you could take a uh-huh. nap in one of their sleep pods. And there Ooh. are there's like five other airports with sleep pods, but they got the real like deal sleep pods. You could just take a nap. It's like 40 bucks an hour, which is kind of expensive. But hey, you want to get some snooze. Uh, JFK, and I've always had a great experience for, at JFK. Forty bucks an hour? Is it's it really that much? Yeah, it's like forty-two bucks an hour. I think. Holy! Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, uh, I guess it depends on how much I need it. Yeah. How much I want it. Or if you can yeah, sleep in public, I can't sleep in public, so I would, I would definitely take advantage of something like that. I can't. I can't sleep in private or public, so <laughs> you know, oh. I'm bad at it all the way around, yeah. Mike. I'm just. Need to work on my sleep game, but I I, I like the sleep pod as a honorable mention. Yeah. I mean that makes sense of why you would have it. Yeah, Mike, your so, number three. Yeah, my number three. I'm gonna say Oslo Airport. That was a that was a really interesting airport. Oslo Ooh. Airport. Um, it was very clean. Um, they have Norwegian food, which is great. Uh, it's an ecological airport, so there's a lot of like you know pro greenery pro earth stuff like which that. i'm all i'm all hippie for uh yeah like, like very that. modern very easy to navigate oslo yeah what about you doc g I, i'm gonna i'm gonna be lame because i i haven't uh you know i haven't done much international traveling in my uh in my day so i can't bring up somewhere cool like oslo <laughs> i'm just 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 a fair warning to all the listeners i'm gonna be completely domestic here on my list so just get ready for that. <laughs> um, but Girl, come on. I'm going Detroit for my number three. Okay. Detroit. And I got to be honest, it, well, and it might actually be higher than that, but I just haven't done it a lot. You know, I haven't been there a lot, but I'm going to say great places to eat. So true. In the Detroit airport. And there's something about the Midwest and airports that just makes me want to get as many fat things as possible. Hmm. I just want to go out there and 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 order all 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 the items, Mike. All the items. And I mean, they got some good ones in there. And if I don't know if they still have this, but they used to have a Fuddruckers in there. I don't know if they still have a Fuddruckers. They might have got rid rid of it. Hmm. They used to have a Fuddruckers, and I love Fuddruckers. Yeah, that place is great. I do too. So I'm I'm putting I'm putting Detroit up there. Detroit, where you at? That's 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 my number three. Mike, what's your number two? Number two uh, was a recent one, but Denver, Denver Airport, really cool mm. um, airport. Lots of uh, art at the Denver yeah. Airport. Um, apparently, yeah. I don't know if this is true, but there's an underground bunker uh, for the uh, world ending. So, uh, end yeah, world I bunker. think that's a conspiracy. Yeah, Mike. it's probably a conspiracy. I think. I- I've heard I've heard a lot of banana sandwich things about the old uh, Denver airport, and I gotta say, I basically just buy that. Like you said, it's a nice airport. Yeah, that's pretty much what I go with. Yeah, it's great. It is. It is pretty. The the. I don't like the approach to it. Hmm. I mean, not that you have to worry about that with a uh, layover. 
But like going into the airport, it's just in the middle of nowhere, which yeah. makes sense, like most airports. But you just literally, you, I feel like you're out there in Mars. Mm-hmm. Like if you want, like it's just it's it's not not my favorite. Yeah. Anywho, they do have a lot of I do, a lot of chargers. By the way, that was one of the uh, one that was one of the big uh, aspects of having a good layover is a lot, plenty of chargers for phones. And, yes. And stuff. Yes. Yeah. Now. Now, Mike, I was sort of torn with my second one, and I'm I'm going I'm going sort of hometown. I'm going hometown, and I'm going sort of regular. And by hometown, I mean just the one that I go to pretty much the most, which is Atlanta. It's not that great of an airport. Yeah. There's lots of annoying things about it, but it just feels like home. It's the thing that feels most yeah. homey when I'm on the road. Like when I get to Atlanta, I'm like, I know you. Hey, yeah. Hey, I know you. You know, I know the smells. I know the different terminals. I know where everything is. So even though it's not a great one, it's just I've got a rapport with it. Yeah, it's and a good so one. I've bu- I've built up that time with it. Plus, I just love Atlanta. Yeah, you know? Atlanta's great. It really just, is. Just I'm a huge fan of the old ATL. So they, Mike, I you're think- no. Oh, no, I was going to say, I think Atlanta is also one of those spots where they have like, I don't know if they have the sleep pods, but they have sleep rooms. So again, it's like 40 mm. bucks an hour and you can rent out a room to sleep in or a take a full shower. room. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. It's like a small, it, tiny, it's like a small room with like a couch. Yeah. A little, yeah. like sort of like yeah. a, like a closet almost. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And it's got a shower though too. Yeah. 20 bucks for the shower. Oh, yeah. 20, 20. Yeah. So. I don't care about showering that much. Yeah. Nope. Um, the the sleep I'd be more into. For sure. Um, now, Mike, your number one. So my number one, I'm going to go hometown. Well, sort of hometown now is Vegas. Uh-huh. You can't beat slot machines. Come on. What are you, you're on a layover. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to get Auntie Anne's pretzels, and you're going to sit down on a slot machine. Uh, yes. So, yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful airport. Always in and out. Super easy. Uh, lots of food options. The full pretzel, or are you going the like the pretzel bites? Sometimes I, I switch it up. I'll go uh, pretzel, full pretzel, or I'll get like a cinnamon roll because they got they have Ooh, great yeah. cinnamon rolls. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, they definitely do. They definitely do. You can yeah. make some bad decisions right there. That's what the oh, airport's yeah. all about, by the way, is just making bad food decisions. Mm-hmm. I go into the airport thinking I'm going to get like a kale salad, and then I end up with uh, fifty wings, and I'm like, <laughs> oh. How this happened? Yeah, uh, this is well. I guess I got to eat them now. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Mike, my, my number one. Now I do make bad food decisions, but here's something else I need to have: a lot of walking room. I need a lot of walking room. Yeah, and I I like to have sights and and sounds and like basically travel in different worlds once I go through different terminals. Mm-hmm. Right, for sure. And so this may sound really weird to the listeners who have been there because it's not a great airport either, but Dallas-Fort Worth. Say what? Dallas-Fort Worth. And the reason Dallas-Fort Worth is because, like, you literally have to walk, like, a quarter of a mile if you're walking. They got their little transit above-the-line, like, uh, you know, railroad system. I don't do any of that. I just walk from terminal to terminal. I get my steps in, and by the time my plane's up, I got like 20,000 steps that I've accumulated. <laughs> yeah. And while I got 20,000 steps, I also ate a burger from Fuddruckers. Yes. So I, en- I I get fat, and I walk it off. That's mm-hmm. what I do. 
That's what I do, Mike. I enjoy Dallas-Fort Worth. That's right. Anyways, Mike. Yeah. Our uh, our topic for next week, listeners that are taking part in the Doc G Top 3, which I know you all are, our list, uh, our, our list for next week that you need to prepare, Top 3 Insurance uh, Characters of All Time. Yeah. Top three. Now, make sure you do your research, listeners. Don't just don't just go for the top. Don't just go for what's on the 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 TV now. Get back there on the Google machine. Go back there in the years. See if you can find something that you forgot about that you're like, oh wait a second, that dude. So true. Yes, I want you to do that. Put in the legwork, listeners. Put in the legwork. All right, Mike. Yeah. Two birthday suits left. Which one do you want to hear? We got a birthday suit here. Uh, a musician that you're definitely not going to get. A football player that you're Girl, come on. probably not going to get. Yeah, let's go with the football player. Okay. Uh, you yeah. might get this guy. He's pretty famous. He's been retired, yeah, though, for see. a long time. Not a long time. Yeah. Ten years. Anyways. Okay. Born on December 7th, 1973 in Alexander City, Alabama. Growing up, he loved watching football. His favorite player, Jerry Rice. His grandmother mm, wouldn't let him play player. sports until he was in high school. When he got into high school, he played everything he could. He played football. He played baseball. He ran track. And he played basketball. Jeez. When he went to the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, he played three sports there. Not only did he play three sports there, he was in the 1995 NCAA basketball tournament with the uh, uh, the Chattanooga team, and his 4x100 team in track competed in the NCAA championships. Wait, what? I don't know if there's any other wow. dude that was at this high level for all three of those sports. But like I said, his main focus was football, where he played in the Senior Bowl All-Star Game and was invited to the NFL Combine. He was drafted 89th overall by the 49ers in his rookie year. His favorite player growing up, Jerry Rice, tore an ACL and our birthday suit wearer took his place for the starting position. Bananas. Wow. Yeah, bananas. From that point on, he went on to be a pro bowler six times, an all-pro player five times, the NFL receiving touchdown leader three times, and he amassed almost 16,000 receiving yards in his career. He played for six teams during his NFL career, the 49ers, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, the Buffalo Bills, the Bengals, and the Seahawks. Hmm. This is a really cool record that he has. He is the only player in NFL history to score two or more touchdowns against all 32 teams in the NFL. He is also the only NFL player to score one touchdown against all 32 teams in the NFL. Wow. Yeah. And apparently this year, he has been part of the fan-controlled football league. He was actually in it, even though he's uh, now 40 or uh, Jesus, 49 years old uh, this year. So, name that birthday suit wearer. Yeah, no idea. I bet you'll know the initials T O Terrell Owens. Ah, Terrell Owens. Yeah, okay. you know Terrell Owens, right? 
Yeah, I know Terrell Owens. Yeah, that guy. That talk, talk about a smack talker, just like just like Larry Bird, man. That guy had the he had the belief in himself. He had the swag. You remember the? Yeah. Do you remember the interview back in the day where he did an interview doing incline sit-ups? No, I do not. Oh, you you got to YouTube that one. That one's definitely out there. Mm. He's just doing an interview, doing doing incline setups the whole time, just being a boss, <laughs> just like yeah. Anyways, yeah, I'm badass, and he was, he was, man. He I'm definitely right. But I got to be honest, I had no idea about the basketball tournament and the the track team. Nope. That's insane. That's insane. A dude is an all star in football. Goes to the NCAA tournament in basketball and goes to the NCAA championship in track and field. Like, what? You are an athletic monster if you're doing that. That is insane, man. But uh, he's also the only athlete, Mike, or the only football player to get inducted into the, uh, the football hall of fame and not go into the induction, not go to the induction ceremony. Which people people did not uh, take kindly to that, as far as the Hall yeah. of Fame folks. I wonder why he didn't go. Because he's Terrell Owens, and he's like, I'm a boss, I don't need to. I'm going to have a party at my house, and he had a party at his house. I think he was offended because he did not get into the, uh, if I remember correctly, he did not get into the, uh, uh, the Hall of Fame his first two years he was eligible. People did not mm. vote him in, so he was offended by that. But it's kind of dumb. Nonetheless, Mike, he is turning forty-nine. To enjoy your last years of your forties, and then start celebrating those five O's, baby. Start celebrating. Sure. Woohoo! Um, Doctor, he won with the uh, he won a championship, right, with the Broncos? Uh, did he? Nope. Uh, I don't know. no, he did not. Just curious. He did not. No, he did not win a championship. No championships in his. Uh, no, championships. no championships. No. No, he retired before the Broncos won that championship. Uh, okay. I think you might be thinking of Thomas, maybe. I can't remember. Anywho. Anywho, know. Mike. We're going to move on to the uh, to the musical artist that you won't get either. Um, I probably <laughs> would not get this one. By the way, listeners, uh, juxtapose this to last week's show. Mike got all three. I forgot to uh, yeah celebrate that he got all three. He definitely nailed Billy Idol when I had no faith. Billy Idol. He was like, no problem. I got that one. <laughs> now, this one, I don't know. I would be really amazed if you get this one because, I, like I said, I don't think I would get it. Uh, I know a couple of his songs, but he's, he's super well-known. He's just that indie guy. Anyways... Born on December 7, 1949 in Pomona, California. From a young age, our birthday suit wearer was interested in music. While in elementary school, he learned how to play the guitar, the ukulele, and the bugle. He didn't really start performing until after high school. By the beginning of the 70s, he caught the interest of Asylum Records owned by David Geffen. And in 1973, he released his first album, Closing Time. His second album was titled The Heart of Saturday Night. In 76, he released an album titled Small Change, which was the first to reach the Billboard Top 100 list. By 1985, he was on his eighth studio album titled Rain Dogs, which included several songs that featured Keith Richard of the Rolling Stones. 
1985, Rolling Stone magazine named him Songwriter of the Year. In 1999, he released uh, Mule Variations, which ended up winning a Grammy, which was his second Grammy of all time. And he was he was recently listed on the Rolling Stones 500 gra- or sorry, Mule Variations was recently listed on Rolling Stones 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list. In all, our birthday suitwear has 17 studio albums with singles like Jersey Girl, Downtown Train, Going Out West, Hold On, Bad As Me, and Back In The Crowd. Many musical artists are huge fans of his music. He has been listed as one of Rolling Stone's greatest songwriters of all time. Name that birthday suit wearer. I got nothing. Tom Waits. Tom Waits Waits. is the name. I wouldn't have even guessed that. (laughs) Mike, you should have lied to me. You should have Googled it while I was giving everything. Just like put put in one of the album names and been like, uh, are we talking about Tom Waits here? (laughs) What? Oh, my God. Oh, Mike got it. What the? You could be like, totally cheated just to let you know. Anyways, Tom Waits, yeah, he is one of those guys, Mike. He's just one of those dudes that, like, all artists know him. He's that artist artist that they all love him, you know? In fact, we've had several artists on this show that are just completely in love with Tom Waits and his music. So, that's what he does, just so you know. So, happy birthday to Tom. Tom is turning the big 73 for Tom Waits. Yeah. Yeah, so happy birthday to Tom. Happy birthday to Terrell. Happy birthday to Larry Bird. Yes. Larry Bird. Mike, we have some fantastic shows to end out the year. We've only got two before we we will end out the year, listeners. Can you believe it? Two before the end of the year. Can't believe it. It's insane. It's insane. I just can't. I mean, just such a good round of guests for the 2022 year, Mike. But don't worry. I've got some coming for 2023. Oh my goodness, do I have some coming. I got a list right here in this very phone that I have been hey. that I have been putting together that I'm going to reach out to and about 90% of them will say no, your show sucks. But 10% <laughs> of them will say yes and Mike, they will be amazing guests. I guarantee it and listeners will love it. I can't wait for our next show, but until then, Mike, we need to wrap it up. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, the notorious, the associate in the arts holding, Mikey Maximus Fernicus Shoret. Doc G, thank you for having me, sir. Always a pleasure. Of course. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it doo doo